Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello, emotional entrepreneurs. Ooh, am I excited about this episode? I just got off an interview with Iskra and she had me speechless. I could not find the words to adequately ask her the question that I needed to ask her because as I was speaking to her, what was really happening was that I was feeling her essence, soul, energy, aura, whatever it is you want to call her, her spirit come through. And it was in, it was one of those moments where it's difficult to describe that. She is someone who is a force, is a role model, is an inspiration. She's a woman who is standing so proudly in her lane because she chose that lane unapologetically and without the taint of what other people think that lane should be for her. So before we get into this interview and before I introduce Iskra, if you are not familiar with her, I thought we could do a little check-in, a little mental health check-in. I guess we'll start with me. But while we do this, I want everyone to kind of just take a moment, think to themselves, how are they feeling? 
what are they moving through? What are you moving through? What emotions are coming to the surface in a non-judgmental, non-panicky way? For me, I am moving through some prenatal depression right now. And it has been a very complicated thing to unravel since my pregnancy symptoms are so physical and emotional. And so it's difficult to kind of weed through what part of this is my mental health, what part of this is physical pregnancy. And in that, my current state of emotions and physical state has been a little bit convoluted. It's been a little bit more difficult for me to have that self-awareness. And as you know, I'm someone who can very easily identify the emotions that they are moving through and how they feel about their life. And yet I am in new territory. I am in new territory, which is pregnancy. And it is changing my operating system with every vessel, every cell, every inch of me, every breath I take is different. And so I am almost like relearning who I am in this phase or I am being introduced to a new version of me. And in that, I am relearning how to take care of my mental health since I really had that super dialed in pre-pregnancy and this has thrown me for a loop. So that's where I'm at today. I'm grateful that I am developing a new set of tools for self-awareness. I'm grateful that I am weeding through this new experience and being able to designate what's pregnancy and and what's mental health in this moment and the areas that overlap because a lot of it overlaps. So that's what I'm working on. Not isolating, asking for help, surrendering, getting excited about meeting my baby girl. It's one big hodgepodge of emotions. So that's where I'm at. And I'd love to hear where you're at. You can send me a DM at Emotional Entrepreneur on Instagram. Just let me know how you're feeling today. Let me know what reflections came up as we did a little pause and check in together. I would be honored to hear. And sometimes when you process either verbally or through written word to somebody else, just the container and the space that's held in that moment can be so validating And it can almost either soothe the emotional experience or make you feel proud of yourself. So my DMs are open at Emotional Entrepreneur for all of those types of conversations. Okay, let's get into the woman of the hour, Iskra. She is the founder of Saltaire, which is an incredible body care line. She is the founder of the Self-Funding Planner, a tool she created to help people invest in themselves. She is a mom. She is a model. She is a champion for mental health and self-care. She has built an organic devoted following of over 6 million across her social channels. She is (laughs) the only way I can describe her is I saw a lot of myself in her in the way that she was so easily able to divulge and tap into details and the depth of who she is and where she is and her viewpoint, et cetera. She was vulnerable and intimate in a way that shocked me. And that's really, really hard to do sometimes since I am kind of always vulnerable and divulging one too many things about my mental health landscape or where I'm at personally and to meet another woman who who is so willing to go there, but also to be just so in awe and humbled by her business acumen, by her focus, by her goal setting, by her values and her morals and her inability to yield away from her authenticity is, it's an honor to be in the presence of someone like that. So I know that you are all going to find immense value from this conversation 
from this beautiful exchange with Iskra. And um, please follow her on Instagram at Iskra, I-S-K-R-A. Check out her incredible body care line. Support women like her because I really believe that that's part of the emotional entrepreneur mission here is that when women are themselves, when they're fighting for and standing up for beautiful work cultures and a better world that is inclusive and has mental health at the forefront, um, we owe it to ourselves and to our future world to support women like that. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. And I know that I did not just do her justice in that intro because she cannot be given justice because she is, she is that powerful. So enjoy. Okay, I am so excited because if there's anyone that's a multi-hyphenate, it's you. We got a model, an entrepreneur, oh. a mom. It's it's an overflow of things. So I would like to kind of just drop in real quick and start with how are you emotionally feeling in your businesses with your business as an entrepreneur right now in this moment and today? I'm so glad we're doing this today because... I am feeling very unsettled. Mm. And one thing that I've always done with, you know, my platform is been real and raw and very open about, you know, my own emotional, mental health and how I'm feeling. And things are pretty crazy right now. I like to say that I'm a Virgo and I have things under control, but actually motherhood has taught me that that just is not possible when you're a mom and trying to run multiple businesses. So I am moving through things in my most authentic way, like realizing things are not perfect. They're a little bit messy. I'm not a mess, but my life is a little bit of a mess right now. And that's okay because it's all going to work itself out. But business-wise, it's tricky because on one hand, Solterre, my body care brand is thriving. Self-funding is growing. We have a really, really intimate community at self-funding that I'm so excited to talk about because you know, we do so much work in the mental health space with productivity and planning and bullet journaling. But <laughs> I feel this, the personal brand of Iskra has had so many transitions and reiterations, especially because I left the fashion capital, New York, I moved to Texas, and I'm not surrounded by people in my industry. I'm not in the midst of it, like feeling like I'm at relevant things doing, you know, all the stuff that I need to be to keep myself like on top of my game. And then the industry just switched up during the pandemic and, you know, shoots changed and, you know, everything moved to online. And then all of a sudden I kind of looked around and I was like, oh, you know, modeling's what I loved and I've always pushed for and I've been doing it for nearly two decades. Wait, I'm essentially now, you know, an at-home online content creator. Like how did that happen? And I'm blessed because I was able to pivot like that, but some days I look around and I think I'm mourning my old career because I didn't really get closure on it. It just kind of switched up on me and I moved with it. But then I was like, wait, I do love what I do now, but it, I think it just all became a big jumble. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that because COVID threw everything at us, you know, even emotionally our relationships with our partners, if we were living with someone, with food, because it was rawness at home, our bodies, movement, so many things. So I think that I'm still in the jumble and I'm still figuring it out. And people might be like, the COVID was like 2020 and it's 2022. I'm like, 
listen, we're still figuring it out over here, um, especially becoming a mom during the pandemic. So I think that's emotionally where I am. I'm in a bit of a messy phase, but it doesn't scare me. It kind of overwhelms me, but I just know it's part of the journey right now. I don't even know where to start. There was so (laughs) much in there that I need to extract and pull and have a conversation with you about. One, thank you for that honest answer that was nuanced and talked a lot about the different parts of your identity, which were one career to the world changing to a new career, to being a mom, to a pandemic, to being in this entrepreneurial space, to to feeling like you're not in the know as much when you move. And and that's been something that I've been been feeling as well because I refuse to live in I live in San Diego and I refuse to live in in, a, in an LA or a New York kind of vibe. And sometimes I think that to myself too. But I want to go back to one of the first things you said because you said you were a Virgo and you like to say it's all together, but it's kind of messy and overwhelming at this moment. I'm a Virgo and I am pregnant with my first child and I am extremely in that overwhelm of that messy identity shift as it pertains to me being an entrepreneur and what that means for my career and all the multiple things that I do. So you said that it's all it's all great and it's going to work out, but that overwhelm really exists. How can we, or do you have any tips for managing that overwhelm when our life is going through such an intense change and we know the intense change is in alignment? We want the intense change. We asked for it, right? We're moving with it. But what do we do about the overwhelm as we almost grieve past selves and past identities as we become a mom and as we, you know, navigate our career? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's challenging. It really is. I think it's very underrated. And I think that that's a huge part of why people do end up with postpartum depression because they look at their lives and it's so different and it kind of happens to you. And it, it's tricky because no one else goes through it the same way that the mother goes through it. They really don't. And there's so much healing yet immediately you have someone else to look after. So it's really hard to look after yourself. So I think the most important thing to do is find a structure. Like really, I did not till maybe at least like six months in. And I, and that's why I started creating my self-funding planner because I lacked the motivation and I needed something that would give me some inspiration and some creativity and some space to like, I need to make time for me. Like, what do I enjoy doing again? Can I make time for this? Like, how am I going to fit in seeing people or going places? And, you know, what do I need for me that's going to help me get through this? Because it can feel a little bit dark and it can feel isolating and lonely. And I think that was heightened because it was a pandemic and I didn't have my family around me. I moved to a new state where I didn't have, you know, long-term friends. But that structure, building that back up and being like, you know, I'm going to wake up this time every day. And the first thing I'm going to do is jump in the shower and Philip's going to have the baby just for 10 minutes so I can get clean and I can just like reset. And, you know, that was really important to me. I didn't shower for like over a week sometimes at the beginning of postpartum. I lost that motivation to look after myself in the most simplistic way, like washing and it was something that I didn't realize was so powerful, but it is. Like, I think a shower is where sometimes I have ideas and inspiration. I set my tone for the day and it was like, I needed that time for me and to just to feel like myself again. So finding structure within your day 
and planning it, like really taking time, like, because I said, it's kind of happening to you. That's how I felt. I felt like every day was a new challenge. Not even every day, every 10 minutes with a newborn is a new challenge because one day they might have green poop. One day they might not want to feed. The next day they're crying. The next day they have crazy gas or wind. And like, it's just the amount of hours we spend <laughs> on YouTube, Googling <laughs> things, like reaching out to friends, like, it, it's it's very unknown. So I think what you can do is to help with that balance of the unknown is create some kind of consistency, some kind of structure and schedule to help you feel like you know what's about to happen. That's very beautiful and very needed. And as you said that I'm going through a little bit of prenatal depression and the thing that makes me feel more grounded into myself is literally going to take a shower and rubbing like nice body. And well, it's, this is a great transition to salt air because taking care of our bodies, as you said, it's such a, it's such a basic thing. And yet it can be the most nourishing thing in moments where we don't feel like ourselves. So we just talked about the transition from not being a mom to being a mom. What was the transition like for you? Cause you went through another big transition, which was being a model to being an entrepreneur and having two brands, what what did that uncertainty and what did that transition look like for you as different career choices in that sense? Yeah, I always, always, always had it as a goal. I was kind of leading myself up to this, to be a brand owner, to really create my own mission with a brand. And it began as I worked for other people's brands. And I didn't just model, I would request to go into marketing meetings and fit meetings and like meet all the different members of the team and just like, listen, I listened for many, many years. I guess I've been modeling nearly two decades now. So I would say I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur by the age of early twenties. I think I just saw what other people were doing and I've always wanted to be creative and I've always wanted to just create something that was my own and I could put out there. And I think as a model, it's challenging because you still are just promoting someone else's creation, someone else's brand. And there felt like there was a ceiling. I was in these meetings, I was at the table, but there was only so much I could do. There was only so much I could push for more inclusive sizing or, you know, them validating and appreciating my point of view. And so as I moved into this space, I had a lot of imposter syndrome, wondering would anyone take me seriously in this space? Um, and, you know, I met with a lot, a lot, a lot of um, manufacturers, a lot of business partners, and I finally found my soulmate, Ben, and he took me seriously from day one. And he was like, we're going to be partners. It's going to be like, we're married. Um, we're in this together. We're going to risk it, you know, our time, our energy, our money, we're going to invest it all because we believe in what we're doing. So that was scary because like I said, you know, you always have a little, little noise of self-doubt in your head. And I learned to work through that in the modeling industry because so many people told me no. They told me no for the first 10 years. They laughed at me often. They were like, you're never going to make it. And I proved them wrong. So um, I believe anyone can do that. I believe anyone, if they want it badly enough, no matter who is saying no, you can find a way. And so it's holding on to that other voice of hope of like, but why not? so many other people and there are there's so many incredible inspiring stories and obviously i make sure i'm following and surrounded by women who do uplift and inspire me and have these incredible stories my neighbor across the road has four kids and she's a lawyer like 
how did she do that? She took two kids every day to law school with her and just figured it out because she loves being mom, but she also had this dream of being a lawyer and having that career and she did it. So for me, it was just like, there was nothing stopping me, but me and this voice of self-doubt. So it's the same thing in modeling. I push through and in business, I can also push through. Am I going to know everything? Absolutely not. Am I going to embarrass myself sometimes? 100%. The amount of times I've been in the wrong Slack group, Slack group talking about product development when I should have been talking about sales. And then I was talking about this customer service. And so, um, you know, and I'm humbled. I love the fact that I feel like I have this, this chance, this whole new career and I'm still only 31. Uh, you know, I have a friend and she has been a mom, you know, and she's in her thirties and she said, Iskra, I feel like I've, you know, missed out and I've not chose, I chose you know, children over career. And I was like, are you kidding me? You're still only 30. You have so much time. And so I think that that needs to be a sigh of relief for all women, because there's just so many time restraints that are put on us. And so I felt that in business too. And I'm glad I didn't rush it. I got offered to whitelist with a lot of manufacturers, um, a lot of DTC brands that just wanted to stick my name on a nail polish or stick my name on some fitness equipment. But it was like, but why? That's not innovative. That's not new. What have I contributed? I'm just doing it for the sake of it. And there are some very successful people who have stuck their name on things and good for them. But that never drove me. I was like, no, I want to be part of the whole process from step one. I want to understand exactly what's going into our products, exactly who's part of that supply chain, exactly how we market, you know, everything about this. So I'm, I'm really grateful I waited. And now I have, you know, that control and I get to be with a partner who he has been in the beauty industry for 30 years so he knows so much that I don't and I'm just listening 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 but yeah the transition is humbling for sure <laughs> okay so you mentioned a lot of things that make me believe that you are an incredibly observational person and so as you were modeling and asking to be involved in a bigger capacity and listening to people in these rooms and gathering information, and as you are, you know, listening to your partner and, and wanting to do all of these things yourself and see the process from start to finish as you were offered these kind of white labeling deals, et cetera, when you started Saltaire, what were some, maybe three, two, whatever comes to mind, what were some things that you wanted to do differently? And what were some things that you really wanted from the get-go, the business and the product to be infused with, whether that's a mission statement, whether that's inclusivity, whether that's company culture, what were things that you knew that you wanted to do differently from the get-go? Yeah, great question. I, again, was very lucky because my business partner, Ben, we sat down very early on. And this was the time where people were calling out companies and they were asking like, okay, let us know who, who's working in your office. We want to know. And, you know, he's, he's a Thai man and he has employed many, many transgender people. It's a diverse environment. Um, so that immediately put me at ease because it wasn't just let's throw some diversity in our campaigns at the front. It was really like, no, no, no. I've built this company. I want you to come into the fold. We already believe in this. You know, I didn't have to come in and shift the culture and what I had witnessed and observed in the many wonderful brands I'd worked with. When I finally got up and up and up into those rooms, they were more white, they were more male. And, you know, at the end of the day, the 
decisions were dictated by the money. And, you know, that, that really just hit me. And so I actually saved and saved and saved and saved. And um, I'm not flashy. I was in environments. I lived in New York and I had people and friends around me that would spend nearly 10000 a month on rent, would only shop at Barney's, would, you know, drenched in designer. And I just knew in my head that if I ever wanted to really have this goal of having my own brand, I had to have the money, not just the platform, but I actually had to have the money as well because the money makes the decisions. So I saved a million dollars in cash. Um, and, you know, it was like sitting there and it was like burning a hole in my account. But I was like, I know that this is what's going to actually give me the freedom to create and to do something um, and to be taken seriously and be like, well, actually, I don't need your money and I don't have to go this direction because I've got my own. Um, and so I really, I always room shared, um, apartment shared. I, I just didn't shop really. I don't drink. I, there was just loads of decisions, small decisions I made every single day, knowing what my long-term goal was. And I feel really proud and I feel really grateful I did it because now I get to own two brands. Um, and what was beautiful about self-funding was, you know, I am doing it with my family, literally my family. Um, and my mom has found a new passion. She loves going out and kind of resourcefully finding the components and finding the certain factories that have the right certifications and making sure that all of the laborers are taken care of and that the inks that we use in our planners are environmentally friendly. Um, and all 13 components of that planner are either recycled or recyclable. So she had this like, wow, this is so cool. I get to do this kind of new job. And, you know, I'm able to employ her and make those decisions because you're the owner. So again, what you said about what was important from day one, it was the transparency of what I was getting involved in. I have made poor decisions in the back. And I won't say poor decisions. I just didn't know any better. And you have to obviously make mistakes to learn the lessons, to move forward. And every time I'd worked with a third party and they talked me into, okay, it's great. We're going to do this huge thing with you. We're going to launch it. And then I found out that the money to create this came from an investment firm. As soon as that happened, things changed, things shifted. It was just a purely about sales and getting the money back as quick as possible. It didn't matter how you did it. It didn't matter what I had to say. Um, and that happened to me a couple of occasions when I was an editor in chief in an online magazine. I found out they were taking meetings behind my back because they didn't believe that the positive kind of, uh, I was doing inclusive fashion articles and they weren't getting as many clicks as the snarky ones that were like, you know, poking fun or being mean or just like, you know, those dramatic headlines. And they were taking meetings behind my back and pushing out those kind of headlines. And so that was messy. And I was like, I, I need to be him. You know, I knew I will never name names, but the person who was doing that had the power, had the control, had the money. So I always knew the most important thing was that I had transparency of all the people I was working with and we felt equal and everyone felt heard and seen that I was going to work with. And we just did it the right way. We took our time. Again, Soltaire, we priced it at a price point that it's pretty hard to make a huge profit on, you know, like the quality of our products with the skincare ingredients, with the aluminium packaging, it's heavy to ship. Like it's, we've got pumps. We did not do that to make a ton of money really quick. We didn't. 
but our long-term goal of being a brand that people just fall in love with and don't want to live without um you know and obviously we have a really big interest from huge retailers and we've got confirmed for something next year that i can't share yet but it's it's just like i wish people knew that it wasn't always just a money grab i've seen money grab deals i've i've done them and they've never felt right my friend tiff has this quote and it's like not all money is good money and it's so true it's so true so i think especially with a business you have to be prepared to i mean i still don't take a salary from self-funding or solitaire and i don't plan on for a long time because i just want to keep reinvesting um, and growing the businesses and paying my employees so i think you have to be really prepared to not make anything and i think that's a really good test because if you love what you do and you believe in your product you will keep working for free until it gets to the point where you know it makes sense and the business is big enough but just doing it because you have to like that's what it felt like it felt like you know i'm this is risky i'm investing everything that i've saved up with i don't know 100 what i'm doing but we're going to figure it out as we go but I just had to, That's it was like a had to moment. I could have stayed comfortably doing what I was doing, doing my posts, but I've always wanted this. And um, I knew I might fall flat on my face again. I've done that many times, but sometimes you just have to go for it. And I think the pandemic was that like extra push of, heck, look at the world. We have no idea what's gonna happen tomorrow. Just try it. <laughs> I'm very rarely speechless. <laughs> I'm actually never speechless. Um, I have a final question for you, and I don't know how to articulate it, so let me know if this makes sense. Mm-hmm. There is something about you that is extremely acute, knowing, clear, in integrity with just yourself. It is very rare to be in the presence of a woman who is so in her lane that is just hers. It's not fabricated from other people's opinions. It's not tinted or tainted by what other people say you should do, etc. It is so, it's like a dignity that can only be described as something you might have been born with because it's that pure. But I'm wondering if you could look back on your life and um, attribute this I don't know what this is, but this. Why do you think you are this way? Why do you think you are someone who has a goal and goes through it and doesn't just hit the goal, but asks the right questions so that the goal is in line with exactly what you want? Does that make sense? How are you like this in such an unapologetic, because it feels like you've just like cut through the noise. And that's a hard thing to do for people. So how are you like this? Oh, that's a good question. I'm also honored. That was quite emotional. No one's ever described that, but I do know I have that energy because I've struggled in romantic relationships because I've been so solo in my vision that I think a lot of people have struggled to come on board with me. And that's one thing I said to Philip from day one. I was like, I know exactly where I'm going and I know exactly what I want. And you can come with me. Mm. Like, there's nothing that I have to give away to you. I have, I'm whole. I have everything I need to get where I want to go. So if you want to come with me, you can. Oh my and God. He's an Aquarius. And he was like, oh crap. 
he was like, I hate making decisions. So I'm going to come along for the ride. Like, he was just like, this is great. And we, we're just very, yeah, we're individuals who know exactly who we are. And I'm an only child. My dad is one of 10 and my dad's mother, she was a widow at a young age too. So she had 10 kids and she was a widow and she never had a car. So she would cycle to the carpet factory in the middle of the night and do night shifts to raise these 10 kids and shoot rabbits in the garden to feed, to feed, you know, to feed her kids. So I, I've definitely, I grew up with her. She, you know, she raised me because my parents were young and they were at college. And so I, I think I've just seen them all just figuring it out unapologetically. My mom left home young, you know, her relationship with her parents is interesting, but she, she knew what she wanted and she went after it and she lived in Italy and did this and did that and was from a very small town and it was frowned upon. And then my dad was bullied horrifically at school and essentially didn't get his kind of high school diploma and had to go back and educate himself. And now he has a couple of masters and he's constantly educating himself. So even seeing that of like, you know, the education system failed him and then he went and redefined it himself by doing it himself after. So I guess I've just had these incredible role models around me and my parents have been unwavering in the fact that whatever I wanted to do, they supported me. Even if I fell flat on my face, even if it was risky, if you want to go for it, we are going to support you 100%. Um, and after 10 years of failing as a model or at least, or, you know, just not just getting by enough to eat, like they didn't tell me to give up, you know, they didn't say this isn't sensible. You should do it. They just were like, what, what can we do to support you? You know, and they have always had the most income or, or, you know, they, I managed to get scholarships when I went to school and all the other parents were very wealthy and bought their kids cars and houses. And, you know, my parents were often a bit insecure about that but they gave me everything I needed in the love and support department like I never had to worry about feeling loved I I guess that maybe is where that unwavering like that's something that's not missing I, I do think it's probably them instilling confidence and just love and support and I think we all need that and I'm I guess you, if you aren't getting it from your parents, they're incredible friends, they're incredible community that you can build or tapping into yourself. You know, we can do so much for ourselves, and sometimes we overlook that, that power of self and how we can push through and pull through and be our biggest cheerleaders. Thank you for that trip. Yeah. Yeah. I know that we are up on time and I've said this to one other person. It was Morgan Harper Nichols, but just a major moment of appreciation and gratitude for your parents. And if anyone does need a role model, I hope that this episode allows them for you to be their role model in this moment. So can you please let everybody know where they can find you and support you and check out all of your businesses? Thank you. I'm honored. I, yeah, I would love to stay connected with you all. I'm Iskra on Instagram, I-S-K-R-A. Same on YouTube, on Facebook, I'm I am Iskra and on TikTok, just Iskra. Um, and then my businesses are the self-funding planner. So www.selffundingplanner.com and www.saltair.com. But yeah, if you go to Iskra, you'll find all the links and all the good stuff. But I really appreciate your time. This was really special. Thank you. Thank you so much.